Hi, this is Mel Cranenberg, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Backstory, a weekly radio show exploring books, stories, the craft of writing, and the people behind the lines. Backstory is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 Triple R. On today's show, readers and writers' festivals have meant previously live events adapted uh, and have adapted extremely well to the online environment. Uh, the Yarra Plenty Regional Library has always had an eye for engaging readers in a novel way. This year's Book Lovers Festival, which kicks off next week, is themed as a celebration of exactly this kind of resilience that has seen a lot of our favourite festivals re-emerge in online forms. And I'll be joined very soon by coordinator Patrick Jorvis to talk about the festival. And also I am going to quiz him about uh, the library book uh, podcast, which is in the good books. It's actually just so great. It's a book recommendation sleuthing podcast. Uh, I did talk about it earlier on this show earlier this year. I interviewed Sarah Schmid, one of the the hosts of this podcast, and it's so wonderful because uh, the library gets has started this book valet service where they get people to uh, ask for recommendations by filling in a form that gives some indication of their tastes. And on the podcast, uh, these hosts try to unpack what it is that uh, they might recommend. And it's so wonderful because it sort of shows how complex the art of recommendation really is. So uh, I am definitely going to be talking a little bit about that. It's become one of my enjoyable listens over the lockdown. Triple R on FM, digital, online, via the app. Book Lovers Festival celebrates and explores creative resilience. Through the COVID-19 pandemic, we are witnessing many acts of resilience, acts of joy, connection and creativity in the face of tough times. Acts as varied and colourful as the face masks we wear. It is resilience that enables us to develop our sense of optimism and reframes our perspective. Rallying words from the Yarra Plenty Book Lovers site and ushering in the 10-day festival, which starts next week from the 8th to the 18th of October. Joining me now on the line, waiting very patiently, is Librarian and Program Coordinator Patrick Jorvis to talk about the festival. Patrick, uh, welcome to Backstory. Thank you, Mel. Good to be here. And can I just say, I got my Triple R subscriber card in the mail today. So oh. it's lovely to be part of the community. Such a good feeling, isn't it? That little, yeah. that little kind of injection of warmth um, and the buzz that you get from seeing a Triple R sticker pasted to a bicycle, the back of a car, uh, or somewhere on a fence paling. It just always makes me feel like, yeah, that person. That's a good. That's a good sort. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Swipe uh, right on them for sure. So I, I want to ask you, Patrick, before I kick off and talk about the, the festival, and I am really interested in specifically as well talking about why it is called a Book Lovers Festival when so mm-hmm. many similar festivals get the title Writers Festival. So let's put that one on pause for a second. But I want to talk about you, Patrick, because you're a librarian and I am... Yeah. 
you know, obviously as a book nerd from early childhood, uh, I have long loved librarians, but I'm very interested to know what the life of a librarian is like in lockdown. Sure. So it's been very interesting. I mean, it's been challenging, obviously. We've had our libraries have been closed for a good chunk of of the last six months, but we've been finding other ways to um, support the community. So uh, we've been, we opened up an account with the Australia Post and we posted out a lot of books when we were allowed to have staff in the libraries and currently we can have click and collect as well. But yeah, we've really been trying to engage online as well. Um, through through a number of programs, you know, aimed at replicating what we do in the libraries, um, programs for kids and families, family trivia nights we've been doing over over video conferencing. So uh, people may have seen uh, the seven thirty report story on us as well, where we called every uh, library member over the age of seventy just to check in and see how they were going. So. Yeah, my life has been very strange in the last uh, six months. It sounds like it's been... Doing what we can. It sounds like it's been busier than ever, and I am really interested in that particular engagement with, you know, with older library members as well, because libraries are, you know, often... uh, by those who maybe don't go as much to a library, little understood for the kind of outreach work that they do. Can you Mm. maybe talk about that role libraries that play in the community? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously books is a huge part of what we do, but for a long time we've been um, help you know, expanding into other areas as well. So that connection with, like, uh, older people is really important. We spend a lot of time helping with computers, you know, people setting up email accounts, trying to, you know, wrangle with their phones to, to get in touch with their grandkids, and that's something that we do a lot of. Um yeah, it's, we're always kind of looking for opportunities to engage with, with the community in different ways. So let's talk about the festival. I started mm-hmm. this sure. se- this segment by by really kicking off with the discussion about why it is a readers a book lovers festival as opposed to a writers festival I often have this conversation with friends of mine many of them writers about why writers festivals are called writers festivals because actually the main people who go to writers festivals are in fact avid readers Uh, so we're like why are they called readers festivals or is there you know why is it writers festivals so your festival has distinguished itself in in terms of the title what is it why do you think it's important to to kind of highlight book lovers in this context? Yeah, so that, it's a really good point, and that is the the idea of the festival that it's somewhere, it's part writers festival, but yeah, also a readers festival, and it's it's a role that we try and do in libraries is to to sort of nourish the community of readers, and that's you know obviously being surrounded by books, we're always attracting. Uh, readers and that's um, so we do try and think about our programming you know with that in mind and it's one of those that idea that has led to our book valet service uh, which we started during the book lovers festival last year but we've actually been doing all through the pandemic now so this is a a uh, people can go onto our website and fill in a survey 
what they like reading, what they don't, and one of our librarians will uh, look through that and deliver some personalised suggestions based on that. And we've actually done hundreds of those surveys throughout the um, the pandemic as well, and so and we'll be sort of pushing that through this festival as well. And it's through those surveys that our podcast was launched um, in the good books. And I know that you've had Sarah on the show before to discuss in the good books. I love your podcast, I have to say, Patrick. Um, This is just for for listeners who may not have uh, have listened to the In the Good Books podcast. Patrick's just described the book valet service and that's a a service that the library provides as Patrick's just described where people can fill in a form with their their tastes, what they like to read, what they like to watch, what, uh, what kinds of things they think they might be looking for. And then the three librarians on the podcast come up with a list of recommendations. The thing I love the most about this podcast is without being didactic about it, without telling people that they show very carefully that actually, you know, the idea of what book to recommend is so subjective and is based not just on what you tell a librarian, but on their own experience and interpretation. And you get that really cast so beautifully with the three very different characters, uh, all book lovers, uh, and but all from, you know, different kind of uh, reading tastes in the podcast. So, Patrick, can you talk to me? There was a particular episode that I listened to recently and I think the name of the the person uh, who was being examined was Aldona and they had done a very sparse book recommendation um, thing that they filled in and it led to a really interesting set of events. Can you talk a bit about that particular podcast? (laughs) I have to remember now. It's been so long ago when we recorded that. Um, yeah, so I think Aldona gave us very little information to go on. Um, you're going to have to help me, Mel. I can't even remember. Oh, look, I, well, I can, I can tell you about your podcast, Patrick. Don't worry about it. So in this podcast, one that I've cherry-picked uh, from thin air, um, it... This, uh, this person said that they were interested in the turning, but didn't say by whom. And so uh, right. it, it automatically created a problem. Yeah, so there's a number of works um, called The Turning, and some of us went for the Tim Winton one, and it was Sarah who picked a, a different one as well. So I can't even remember that. I think it was a ghost story, which, okay. <laughs> which I loved that she's she's like clearly a voracious reader, and I love that her brain landed on this far less um, maybe broadly known work in the, in the Australian context um, as mm. the one that it was likely to be that actually made me so happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is, that's, that's absolutely right. Like every episode we do, we come up with such varied uh, recommendations from the same, you know, we have the, we're given the same information. And so, yeah, it's, it is interesting how, because obviously when you recommend to friends, you know them really well and you're like, oh, I'll be able to pick something that you like. But, yeah, in a library environment, And these surveys come out of, you know, conversations that we have in branch when people come up and, you know, people that we don't know that well and they're looking for something. So it's quite an interesting process to go through. I think it was in that same podcast uh, that you mentioned that that it kind of reminded you of a time someone had come into the library and basically said they had never read 
a novel. Anything, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anything. Uh, and wanted a recommendation. And I, I think, look, firstly, that sounds wonderful that you get to have this this opportunity to introduce people to books. Um, that's just such a such a delight in itself. But can you tell me what what do you do in circumstances like that? Where do you go? Because I immediately started thinking, do you start at the beginning of what got you you know, made you fall in love with reading, but then this is an adult and, and how do you come at it? What, what sort of mm. thing when you're sort of trying to get a sensitivity for what will make someone fall in love with reading? Yeah, well, can I say it's very unusual that someone's never read anything before uh, and that, that was quite a difficult situation. I wanted them to walk out of the branch with a book, so we went to the shelves and tried to find something uh, that was there and I, I sent them sent them out with a big armful of books um, but I never saw them again so I don't know <laughs> what actually happened hopefully they returned the books at least <laughs> oh, that's so funny um, I love it uh, if you've just joined us you're listening to Backstory on Triple R and I am joined today by Patrick Jorvis of the Yarra Plenty Regional Library, who's one of the co-hosts of the library's podcast In the Good Books and also is here today to talk to me about the uh, the library's Book Lovers Festival, which is about to kick off next week from the 8th till the 18th. It runs for quite a time, although it does kind of have this uh, this quite sort of considered approach where you're really getting um, some, some nice opportunities to maybe even attend an event a day. I want to talk about the festival. I was thinking quite a lot about this, about the role um, that that, fest, that festivals play actually in our in our lives, uh, mm. and I wanted to sort of talk to you a little bit about that. What what do you think? I, I like the idea of writers festivals as a book lovers festival that kind of acts as a gateway to a bigger conversation, to a more contextualised conversation, rather than just this moment in time hanging in the air that is itself the thing. Uh, Is that really the aim behind festivals like this, to sort of engage people with a broader context? Or do you think it serves kind of a multiple purpose, you know, really varied purposes, depending on the festival? Yeah, I I think it depends on the festival. I mean, one of the ideas behind Book Lovers is that our library service is in the northeastern suburbs, so we cover the councils of Whittlesea, Banyol and Nillimbik. And one of the sort of original ideas is to create something that's local for the people that live in those areas. So the fest- big festivals usually happen in the middle of the city and you have to travel in, which is not, you know, always an option for people. And so we wanted to create something that, you know, it still, like, has the prestige of a festival and we get um, good authors to come along, but it has a bit more of a local feel. And then, especially this year, when we can't have events in person, we had to really think about how do we retain that local feel of it. Um, You know, we can't be competing with all the other festivals that have gone online and made it more accessible in that way, which is, I think, really interesting and, and like, that that will be something to think about in years to come, how, how the, you know, the Melbourne Writers' Festival handles that. But we, we knew that we couldn't do that. So something that's come out of that is we wanted to sort of showcase local writers because often they're the people embedded in the communities that, you know, are help sort of fostering that 
interest in books and reading and writing, which obviously they're all all connected. I think even you know voracious readers are interested in the the um, process of writing, obviously. So one of the streams we're doing is we've contacted a bunch of local authors and poets who live in our community and we've got them to record themselves reading a piece or in some cases an interview with a staff member and then every day of the festival we're going to broadcast those videos on our Facebook page and so yeah just a way to kind of amplify the voices of those Mm. writers in our community. I've got Tegan Bennett Daylight's uh, words in my head because I've just recently read uh, her collection of essays and uh, and she was she's talking about how a lot of people don't you know, in Australia, sadly, don't consume much local content and books mm. particularly suffer in that category. It's certainly something we've talked about on this show that Australian literature is not necessarily consumed by Australians as much as it should be, or at least with the breadth it should be. Um, and she has this little thing she does with her students where she'll, um, or at least I think she described someone else's technique um, along these lines where um, the teacher asks people to kind of come up with ideas that they might have for books and then writes those lines on the board and then says look Australian literature <laughs> to kind of get them and give them why the idea of the importance for capturing the local experience because really um, how else do you reflect the society or that you live in or change it or learn more about it if you don't read the books that have been created there not to say you should only consume those books but should at least do some yeah absolutely yeah, so look, I, I want to talk about some of the other the uh, events that you have uh, in the mm-hmm. festival, one in particular, the Flash Fiction Competition, which is still going. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've just started that in anticipation of the, the festival starting, but one of our workshops is with Michelle Wright, and she's going to be talking about Flash Fiction. So uh, around that, we're also running a competition and we're going to put out prompts on our Facebook and Twitter uh, throughout the festival that uh, people can go along to and, and have a go at, you know, writing some, some quick little a story in 100 words. Um, and, it's actually yeah, it's then, so interesting because flash fiction, just for those who are unfamiliar with the term, is actually a term used for really micro fiction, short pieces. Uh, but actually, it can be as long as five hundred words, which is probably about a page of um, you know yeah. twelve point type or thereabouts. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, about a blog post kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because I think um, last week I spoke to um, to another kind of uh, you know council initiative that uh, that was getting people to write haiku, which they stuck on rubbish bins, which is an interesting approach. Um, yeah, I've heard about that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but but the kind of uh, the ability to really distill uh, a story into such few words can can be incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, I mean, it ties into our theme of the festival being creative resilience as well. And considering the year that everyone's had, we wanted to sort of think about how, you know, we could give people the opportunity to reflect on that and and engage with something creative that's not 
are, you know, extremely daunting. It doesn't have to, you don't have to decide to write a novel about it or something like that. It's just a, a short thing that when you've got some time, you can sit down and, and have a think about. Now, Patrick, how do people sign up for the festival? Yeah, so uh, all the events are online. Obviously, you can go to our website, yprl.vic.gov.au, uh, and just go to the website and there's a big banner on the home page there that'll take you um, to another page with all the events listed there. And then a lot of the content will be going out on our Facebook page as well and a little bit on Twitter. Thank you, Patrick. Um, it's really so great to talk to you, especially because I'm clearly a fan of your podcast. And uh... yeah, I should say we're also... Um, We've got Kate Mildenhall guesting on an episode of the podcast, which we'll, we'll be broadcasting a video of throughout the festival. Well, I'm definitely going to angle to become a guest on your podcast uh, at some yeah, stage. Absolutely. I, I would love it. I'm pretty sure I, I try to hit Sarah up for a similar thing. So um, looking forward to that as well. And Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today on Backstory. No worries. Thanks, Mel. Thank you. That was Patrick Jorvis, coordinator of Yarra Plenty Regional Library's Book Lover Festival, uh, which is running next week from the 8th to the 18th of October. You can visit yprl.vic.gov.au forward slash booklovers forward slash for details or just go to uh, the website and follow the prompts. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Hi, this is Mel Cranenberg. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Backstory, a weekly radio show exploring books, stories, the craft of writing and the people behind the lines. Backstory is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.